Beyond, where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Penny. Hi, I'm Beck. We both live in Australia. We love learning languages and we love chatting to each other about it. So Beck, welcome home. Oh, thanks, you've, Penny. <laughs> you've been jetting around the last couple of weeks and I am very excited to be talking to you about your trip and your experiences. Do you want to tell everyone where you've been and what you've been doing? Yes. <laughs> so I have just been in Japan, which I loved. It's my third time in Japan and every time I love it and want to stay for longer. Um, and I was there to go to the Polyglot Conference. We've been talking about language events, I know, on and off this whole year, but this was actually your first international language event that you've attended, wasn't it? A conference that you've attended. Is that right? Yeah, it was my first, my very first one. I, um, yeah, it felt very special, actually. (laughs) How did you feel going to your first polyglot conference? Were you, you know, intimidated or anxious about it at all? Or was it just... So crazy. I no, it was well. I was really excited. So for anybody who, if you haven't heard about the Polyglot Conference before, um, it is this event where people who love languages can just get together, basically, to meet and hang out. Um, and also, there are usually two days of presentations and, and workshops. Um, so it is a conference in kind of the traditional sense um, in that way. Um, but yes, it is also very social. Um, and every year it has been held in a different location for, so I think they've been running it now for about seven or eight years. I, I would have to check that. Um, but yeah, it's been going for, you know, most of the last decade almost mm-hmm. um and yeah every year it's held somewhere different so people have there are people who've really been following around to this event for almost all of that time some people who've been around for the whole the whole slog <laughs> um for every event um and then lots of other people who have been to one or been to a couple or been to a few on in between years when they've been able to make it um but yeah it was a very very cool event and I was really excited to go because I'd heard so much about it um so I don't think I I wasn't intimidated um at all although I was actually I'm not I'm not totally sure how I what I was expecting um like I I, yeah I wasn't intimidated I wasn't thinking like oh I'm gonna get there and there's gonna be all these all these people who know more languages than me or anything um I just was excited to meet some other people who were interested in languages and then I was very happy to find that it was a really really fun event to go to oh that is so great to hear and where where were the people from who attended what kind of people were they where what countries were they from so Um, do you know how many people actually went so I I believe it was about 400 people I don't know the exact number um but I think it was about 400. I think in the past they have had anywhere, well, I don't know, I think last year maybe they had a little bit more, but it was in Europe last year. Um, so I think, yeah, about 400 um, and people from just all over, like really all over the world. Um, quite like lots of people from, from Europe, lots of people from North America. Um, this time, because it was the first time that this event was held in Asia, there were lots of people um, from our, our region, I suppose, the sort of Asia Pacific, yep. probably more so than there have been in the past, I believe. Um, 
so but yeah really really mixed people from all over the place um which was really cool to see and also meant that there was a huge selection of languages spoken um by people who were there so did it work like um when we're at the Melbourne language event that people kind of displayed the languages that they speak or they're learning yeah. on their name badge yeah, somehow? Yeah, they did. Or how did that so, work? So, yeah, everybody had a badge um, kind of on a lanyard, like around your, around your neck, <laughs> where you got to put your, your name, where you're from, um, your preferred pronouns, um, and then also all of – well, they had little flag stickers that you could then add okay. to your badge yeah. to show people which languages you – you speak or which ones you're comfortable speaking um which ones you're learning I suppose uh but that wasn't you know you didn't have to be very specific about like this is one I would like to speak or this is what I'm learning or anything like that it was just you can put whatever you like on there um and then be as comfortable as you want to speak with other people or um or not I suppose oh that's cool did you get a chance to speak to anyone in any of your languages that you speak I did so um I did get to speak to a few people in French which was fun Uh, well it's a pretty common one so there's there's often people around who speak French um I did speak a little bit in German um although I probably should have spoken more German (laughs) I just (laughs) um but yeah I did speak a little bit of German and just a little bit of Italian um oh good on you yeah no I mean there was a lot in in English but I think that English is just it is a common language for for so many people um and you know really it is also about just speaking in whatever language it's comfortable for you to speak in um and because a lot of it was very social there were lots of people just wanting to just to chat and if English was the easiest then that's also fine yeah yeah so I'm guessing the social aspect of the event was really important what what was the the format I guess like I know you said it was quite a like a, a structured conference style event. How did the day kind of all the days play out? Did yeah. you were you listening a lot of the time or were you actually actively engaged doing so, stuff? So so a a bit of both. Um it was I mean, it was as much as you wanted it to be social or as little as you want I mean, I suppose we're talking about a bunch of adults here, so <laughs> Everyone can really do what they want. Um, But it was, to give you a bit of a rundown of the kind of general structure of this event, it was over three days. Um, The Friday was actually more of a kind of open day. Um, I'll come back to that in a second. The Saturday and the Sunday had presentations and workshops um, scheduled for the entire day. Um, But there was also like lunch and a break uh, in the afternoon so there were still some times outside of oh sorry like some break times where you could catch up with people also you didn't have to go to all of the presentations if you wanted to just like hang out and chat with people you could also do that um and then obviously in the evenings as well lots of people were hanging out or like maybe they'd find a group of people and go for dinner or or whatever um the Friday was a little bit different in that it was kind of just a like a welcome day so um There was a meet and greet in the morning. It was just a a time for anyone who was there already on the Friday um, could just come along and and meet whoever was there. Um, It was held at a university. So there was a a time when a bunch of um, local university students who were taking classes on the Friday um, came in to to sort of hang out and meet some people, which was fun. 
Um, yeah, yeah. That was also time for registration and stuff as well. So I gave everyone opportunity to, to go and get their badges um, and sort all of that stuff out. Um, and then there was uh, like some, some cultural things that day too. So there was a Japanese tea ceremony that you could sign up for and um, go and experience that. Um, there was quite a lot of Vietnamese students at this university in Japan. So, um, a couple of Vietnamese students did a presentation on Vietnam and also did some, um, some singing as well, which was quite cool. That would have been great. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Um, I thought of you, Penny, when I, (laughs) when I was hearing the Vietnamese. Um, and then there were like, uh, there were a couple of students who do karate. So they, um, came in and did like a demonstration as well. Um, and then there were also some um, kind of introductory workshops um, that were run by italki um, on that afternoon that like where basically they had a teacher um, kind of up on the screen through italki who was um, giving a bit of an introduction to a to a language <laughs> oh wow so like a a live italki lesson yeah delivered to the masses yeah kind of yeah exactly so there was like an introduction to irish that one was really good um oh. there was i think also one to welsh although that was a little bit more about like kind of the history of welsh um and there was also what about basque i think too Oh, wow. Yeah, Some interesting yeah. languages. So that was cool. And then they had sort of a welcome event in the evening that was kind of an introduction for everyone just to, to welcome everybody there and to the conference. Oh, and there was this incredible – actually, I have to tell you about this. There was this amazing, um, like, performance during the welcome event that I don't think anyone was expecting. Like, none of us knew this was coming, and then it was so good. Um, it was a taiko drum performance – I don't know if you've oh, ever seen wow. that, but like the taiko drums are these huge um, Japanese uh, drums and uh, kind of a group of people play them all together. Um, and it is just, it was the most incredible experience. Like these, like oh, they were so vibrant and energetic. They, I mean, the kids who were doing, the kids, sorry, the students who were doing this performance on stage were amazing and they looked like they were just having the most fun. But um, it was it was a really incredible performance and a really cool way to start this event too because just I think everybody at the end of that was like, whoa, this is going to be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, pumped, ready to go. Yeah, really pumped. Yeah, yeah. So that was what the Friday Um, was like but that was a bit different to the other two days. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I just, yeah, what a way to start the weekend. Yeah. Um, So the weekend was, it was pretty much focused on the the presentations and the workshops Um, and for you, for what you chose to do over your weekend, do you have any like standout highlights of the presentations that you attended or things that you heard? Yeah. So, um, so there were, well, firstly, there were three things going on at any given time on, so both the Saturday and the Sunday. They had, so two, you had to choose. Yeah, I know you had to choose, which was really hard because then you could, like, you couldn't possibly see everything. And there were lots of really good sounding presentations and workshops. Um, so there were actually, there were two presentations on at once and also one workshop. So three different locations that you could potentially go to. Um, but yeah, lots of really interesting presentations. Lots of really diverse presentations too, not just in content. Like um, I would say that like some some presentations, for example, were quite sort of linguistically focused Um there were other presentations that were much more sort of culturally based, but with an with an aspect on language that was important. Um, 
there were other ones that were a bit more about learning styles and and ways of learning as opposed to that being specific to a language. So in that sense, that was really cool, actually, having lots of diversity in and range in content. Mm. Um, there was a focus on Asian languages this year because it was the first time that was being held in Asia and also a focus on Indigenous languages because um, it is the UN year of Indigenous languages. So, oh, it's great to have that tie-in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so and was, I, was it a focus of Indigenous languages within Asia or were they, um, I guess, Indigenous languages more broadly? I think more broadly in general, although there certainly was a focus on Indigenous languages in Asia, just given the um, given the location. The location. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a like I went to a workshop that was on the Uyghur language. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, there was a workshop as well on. Um, the Tuvan language, which is from sort of Siberia, sort of, sorry, southern Siberia, I think, in, in Russia, actually, but mm-hmm. very close to Mongolia. Um, there was a lot of, um, there were quite a few presentations in varying ways that were about different Asian languages and the uh, similarities and differences between them. Um, so, like, especially in the context of maybe deciding which ones to learn, <laughs> which one might be which one might be best for you, um, okay. depending on its difficulty in terms of, say, tones or vocabulary or um, writing system. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah um, Sarah Maria Husband did a presentation that was sort of uh, about that and trying to make a decision based on a number of different factors, um, you know, maybe which which language is the right one for you <laughs> out of the Asian group. Um, mm. Yeah, and there were there were also... You almost need a quiz for that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah take this, exactly. Take this poll. Yeah, she, we'll tell you she, which language to learn. <laughs> <laughs> she had kind of an interesting sort of like matrix to show like, yeah, like on a scale of like easy to difficult, um, yeah, different aspects of language and, and how that might impact your choice. Um, or, for example, like I know that there was... I didn't get to go to this presentation, but I know that there was one about... Um, sort of uh, comparative, um, sorry, the historical impact of like the Chinese writing system on Japanese and Mm. false cognates between the two. So for anybody who has learnt either of those languages, you know, there are sort of characters that are shared, but they don't always necessarily (laughs) refer to the same thing. Mean the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there were definitely, there was a focus on Asian languages for sure, Um, both current sort of, oh, sorry, Asian, the larger Asian languages as well as Indigenous languages too. Were the the people giving the presentations were they were they academics or were they kind of you know language learners or were they teachers or was it a real real mix? A real mix. mix. So like all of those things, <laughs> which actually I think made it awesome. Like it was great because it wasn't an academic conference in the way that I think lots of people might expect it to be. Um, it was, it was really varied. There were a couple of, um, presentations that were done by people who are academics. Um, and I think they have a particular style too. Um, but which is like, you know, good and and also great for variety because that's important in its own way. Um, but yeah, there were some people who were teachers, um, who presented, um, I saw a workshop, the one on the Tuvan language was by a girl called Yulia. She's Russian and she's a teacher regularly. Um, there were 
people who work for some of the um, some of the large language apps that we probably know. Um, so Michael Campbell, who's from Glossica, he did a presentation about acquiring languages without subject or object. Um, the Memrise team did a presentation on um, uh, the local dialect in Fukuoka. Um, I didn't get to catch oh, that wow. one though because it was on at the same time as my workshop. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have to catch that one on, on catch up um, later. Um, so yeah, there were lots and lots of different kinds of people. Some people who were of yeah people of all walks of life and of all kinds of um, occupations too, um, which was yeah really really cool and and a kind of a nice sort of variety to have um, in the style of presentations as well as the content. And as you mentioned, regular old people like you can I call you regular? That's a, I don't yeah, know if that's yeah. a backhand I'm compliment. I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> And you did a presentation at the Polyglot Conference, Beck, which is very exciting. Yeah. So we will look forward to hopefully seeing that on YouTube at yeah, some stage. Yeah, I did a workshop and the um, actually all of the presentations and workshops this time were recorded. So bit by bit, I think they will all be appearing on YouTube at some point in the not too distant future. So um, you, for those who weren't able to make it, don't worry, you didn't miss out Um all of the information is going to come online soon enough you and you can feel like you were there. conference binge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't have this conversation without asking you about Japan and about Fukuoka oh, yeah. and about Japanese and about the food because <laughs> what would a trip to Japan be without all of these things? Um, did you get to eat some really tasty things? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, how much more descriptive can I get? Um, I had some delicious, delicious food. I love Japanese food. I really do. I also love noodles. I have a deep, deep spot in my heart for um, for noodles of all kinds. Um, so it was really nice to be in Fukuoka because the ramen there is incredible. Um, there is a style from that region called Hakata ramen. Um, okay. And I if I understood correctly, basically the kind of tonkotsu ramen that I was having a lot of the time there was Hakata ramen. So tonkotsu is like a sort of, it's like this almost creamy um, broth. Um, but yeah, delicious. Love ramen. So that's the Hakata ramen. Hakata okay. Ramen. So if, we, if I see that anywhere, I'll know that that's from that Fukuoka yeah, exactly. region. Like the main station. And that's Kyushu, in, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the main station in Fukuoka is called Hakata. Oh. Yeah, so that was, yeah, food was delicious, of course, because it's Japan and how could it not be? Um, but in general, also, Japan is a fantastic place to travel. I have enjoyed it so much in the times that I've been there and this time was no exception to that. It is a very easy place to travel, I think, actually, mainly because the trains just work like clockwork. Um, so it's it's very easy to get around. Um, the JR Rail Pass is also incredible for <laughs> um, anyone who maybe has used that before. If you haven't been to Japan before and you want to take some cool trains, definitely do get the JR Rail Pass. Um, but it's just, yeah, a beautiful place with very, very wonderful people. Um, and in lots of ways, it was just, the, it was a fantastic setting for, for this event, I think. Aww. So Richard and Tim and the, the team did a fantastic job organising this. Um, and yeah, a really, it was just lovely to be welcomed to Japan in that way. 
Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm yeah, just I loved um seeing your updates and posts on social <laughs> and everyone else's and just looked like such a fantastic time. I know, I couldn't I couldn't help it. I had I had just the most just the most wonderful time. And I I feel like I should say as well, for anybody who hasn't been to a conference like this before, again, it was my first time. So um and there were lots of other people there at this conference who had been to multiple events like this even if it wasn't necessarily the polyglot conference maybe they've been to Langfest in Canada or the polyglot gathering um, in Europe as well Um, but it is just the most welcoming and open environment the most welcoming and open community of people who are just so inclusive everybody wants to wants to know more about you and they're interested and um there's certainly no aspect of trying to, I don't know, any, any real competition or anything. There's no no sense of like, oh, I speak this many languages. How many do you speak? Like, not at all. Um, everybody's just like, oh, you speak that. Or even like there was there were people there who only spoke one language or just a couple or many, um, but there was certainly no judgment or, um, that, yeah, it just wasn't intimidating at all in that way. So good to hear. I think one of my nightmares is, you know, if I've put Chinese or Vietnamese on my on my name badge as, you know, a language that I'm willing to speak or yeah. can speak a little bit, that, you know, someone might come up and test me. No, <laughs> and, and, it, go, and it's not like oh, that you at shouldn't all. have that. Yeah, yeah. no, it absolutely See, that's, wasn't. That's really good. It was. That's Everybody really was really, really open and you could you could try out your language skills with somebody, but, you know, if you were comfortable to do that, that's fine. If you're not, also okay. Um it was just a really, yeah, really open-minded and quite lovely environment. Question is, will you go to another one? And oh, hope so. where is it being held <laughs> next year? <laughs> um, so next year's um, is going to, well, actually, before I say, if for anybody who hasn't heard where it is yet, um, somewhere on the internet, um, there was a lot of speculation about where it was going to be. Because I don't announce it until right at the end of the Sunday. So right at the end of the conference, um, there's a big announcement about where it's going to be the next year. And um, there were lots of people speculating throughout the whole event about places where Richard Simcott had been travelling in the last 12 months. I bet <laughs> to came up as a possibility. It certainly <laughs> did. Um, although there were a couple of a couple of real favourites in there. Um, one of them was South Africa. There were lots of people talking Ooh. about whether or not it might be South Africa, um, which it wasn't. So maybe that's a potential for another year. Who knows? Um, but next year it is going to be in Mexico, um, in a place called Cholula. Um, and Anya Spilka, um, who is uh, on. She's online. We'll link her through in the show notes. Um, But she is a fantastic um, language learning sort of enthusiast and and teacher. Um, uh, She is sort of the the in Mexico person who's going to be helping with organising. She's she's a German woman, but she's been based in South Central America for a long time. Yeah, she she has understanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so oh, wow. yeah, she's going to be the kind of on the ground person helping with next year's and she's amazing. So I think it's going to be a really, really cool event next year. So Cholula, Cholula in Mexico. Yeah. Cholula. Cholula. Okay. Yeah. In October, 2020. That's it. Hmm. So you can find all of the details on, <laughs> yeah, I know. I think the details for next year are going to start coming onto the website pretty soon. Um, We'll pop this in the show notes too, but you can find out more about the Polyglot Conference at polyglotconference.com. 
Yes. Mm. And we'll put the Facebook group on there too, I think, because that's got yes. heaps of info, hasn't it? It yeah. does, yeah. And anyone can join the Facebook group if you're keen to potentially be to go along to one of these events or be involved in the conversation more generally. Um, or just listen and watch everyone yeah, else's experiences. Exactly, oh. that too. <laughs> <laughs> just stay on the beat with, with what's happening. Oh, Beck, I'm so glad that you got the chance to go and that we all got to hear about it. Thank you very much. It was so fun and I feel very, very lucky to have been able to go. So hopefully um, I can make it there again and maybe one year, Penny, we can both go together. How cool would that be? That would be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so fun. I would really recommend it. And if anybody has any questions about the Polyglot Conference, um, from from my perspective, if you want to ask me, feel free to send us a line. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. That sounds great. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us on another Language Chats episode. Um, as many of you know, Language Chats is part of a larger project called Language Lovers AU, where we're building a community of people who are interested in languages in Australia. So you know where the website is, languagelovers.com.au, um, and make sure you're subscribed um, to our mailing list. You can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook at languagelovers.au or on Instagram at languagelovers.au. Um, and if you have enjoyed this episode, um, we would love it if you could leave us a review um, as it helps other language lovers to find us too. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time.